Welcome to the Elite Life with Trisha and Kylie. This is where we'll teach you how to develop grit, give yourself grace, and succeed in real estate. So let's dive in. to another episode of Elite Life. I'm Kylie and with me is Trish. And today we are tackling a crucial topic that affects all people at some point in life, which is cutting toxicity and negativity in our lives out of our lives. Absolutely, Kylie. I mean, this is, like you said, this is a topic that pretty much every human is going to grapple with at some point in our life. And I was on a coaching call. I always say, like, I get a lot of these podcast ideas from my coaching calls. Well, I mean, if one person is struggling or having questions with someone, then probably more people are, too. Yeah. So it's good you bring this to the table. Yeah. And this will actually be our first two-part podcast series because today we're going to go through cutting toxic people like friends and family and next week tune in again we're going to go through cutting toxic employees because um she the coaching call that i had she was actually needed to do both and she Mm -hmm. wanted to talk to somebody who had done both and I have personally had to do um, both, and it's it's hard. It's so hard, but and especially in what we're going to talk about today with friends and family, but we need to do it to protect our own mental and emotional health. And I thought, like, man, these things took me a lifetime to see and learn. So I wanted to share with our listeners so we can make that learning curve a little easier for them, you know? Absolutely. And it is a super hard thing to do, you know, letting people go in your life. But that's really, it's magnified when it's a lifelong friend, it's a family member, even a spouse. So um, let's just dive right in. Let's provide everybody with some kind of a framework. We're going to give you guys some resources for success. So Trish, what do you think defines a toxic relationship? Like what are the signs? Like maybe someone's listening and, and they maybe have a feeling that this relationship isn't good. What is it when they are doing their audit and their assessment? What are they looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and before we dig into to that specifically, I, I want to speak to the word toxic because because she's been singing the Britney Spears. Song I have since been singing the Britney Spears song, but nobody ever used to use the word toxic, and I think some people are still actually adverse to it. So if you you are one of those people that are adverse to it, or you take it like really, really like to an extreme. These are red flags. And when there are a lot of red flags with a person, that is a sign, whether it's it's people are telling you the red flags or you know it and you feel it inside. Like a lot of times, if you're like me, you want to ignore those red flags because you love this person or they've been in your life or you feel like, dude, sometimes it might be like me and one of my friends were talking about, um, you know, we were talking about step parents and it's like when one parent removes themselves from their life, your life for whatever odd reason, and another person comes and fills that role, even if they're not maybe a good person or act in a good way or treat you well, you may have this like kind of like 
you feel you owe them gratitude or like this, they saved you or save your mentality or things like that. Like you may find yourself, like we were, we were talking about how as grownups looking back, we grapple with like, why is this person's approval or words of affirmation so important to us when this person wasn't even necessarily a good person? So I say that to say like, this is for anyone who may think, hey, there's this person in my life and they don't necessarily make me feel great 100% of the time. You may need to address that. And you may need to have addressed it a long time ago, but there's no time like the present to start saying, I have these red flags. I need to do something about it. So here are the red flags that we're talking about. Here's some red flags for you. Constant negativity. In a toxic relationship or... A red flag you should see is when negativity prevails. There is just this continuous cycle of criticism, blame, pessimism, just making it challenging to have a positive atmosphere when you are around this person. So, for example, like... One of the the coaching calls I was on, they were saying how every time they go to this family member's home, it is just they leave feeling awful. Like they'll come in like pumped about their day, feeling great, and they don't even feel like they can share their wins with this family member because they're just like, oh, you think you're better than us? Oh, must be nice. Oh, look at you. Oh, it's all about you. You're, You're this, you're that, you're this. And they make them feel bad about their wins or they bring them down by maybe being negative about the other person. So this happens a lot with like moms and dads or moms and stepdads or dads and stepmoms. Like they'll be talking about their significant other to you and you're like, whoa, bro. Like if you don't like your relationship, number one, that's your business. Number two, it's not making our relationship any better for you to talk about my mom or my dad um, or my aunt or my uncle or whoever it is in this this duo. So me and Dave talk about this a lot, how you find yourself in these conversations where somebody's talking negatively about their spouse and they do it all the time. Yes. They do it all the time. And I have started like calling people out on it. I'm like, listen, I don't want to hear about this anymore or I will be dead, dead silent. I was in the car. I was was driving a family member to an event. This happened just a couple of weeks ago. I was driving a family member to an event and they were like, blah, 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 negative, 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 negative about their significant other. And I sat there dead silent. I did not say one word, not one word, not one word. Now I have worked a long day. At this point, it's 8 p.m. at night. I've been going since four o'clock in the morning. I've kept myself positive all day long and done everything I can do and poured and poured and poured. And now I am taking you to this event. Um, and all you are doing is talking negatively about your significant other. I said nothing. And all of a sudden they stopped and they're like, oh, is this too much for you? And I'm like, I do not participate in conversations like this. If you want to participate in a conversation that is all negative or, you know, talking badly or gossiping or whatever this is, like, this is not a, I'm just not going to participate. And I'm I just, just not. I just want to throw something in. Um, there is a big difference between that conversation that Trisha was talking about 
and maybe a conversation that you have where someone's coming to you for advice. So yeah. there's been plenty of times yeah. where, you know, I've come to you or I go to my mom and I say, hey, I'm having trouble dealing with how to how to handle this conversation with Ryan or how to handle this conversation with yes. someone else in my life, how to handle this conversation with my child. And it does involve a lot of a lot of maybe uh, unloading of negative feelings. And then you always come in and say, well, listen, now that you've unloaded that, let's unpack it a little bit further. And we back it up. And what do we what do we always learn? Kylie's the common denominator here. So we're not discouraging. We're not saying we're not trying to discourage people from having tough conversations and talking about their negative feelings. But when it is I have a family member, too, who we don't hang out with. And 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 we I've I've got a couple of them where we live very, very close and we should be hanging out. But every time we get together, you know, it is always just negative, negative about this person or that person. Or, you know, someone's always got to I have one who can we cannot get together without that person drinking and, you know, carrying on in that manner. And unfortunately, you have to say, you know what, I'm not going to participate in this today and that's okay. And um, we'll get into it a little bit later on some tips and tricks that you can implement to maybe um, get yourself through that. But I just wanted to throw that in because I, I want, I, I, we are always encouraging people to deal with their feelings, to make sure that you're reaching out for help, for advice, because when you're sitting in these feelings, you can't see the forest for the trees. And sometimes it's really helpful to have, have someone, a yeah. therapist, a somebody to help you really unpack that and figure out what am I actually upset about and what's yeah. going on. And I love that you said that. And thank you for making that clarification because I am always a safe space to share share. Always. Don't come to me looking for a pity party when I know you've had the same conversation with seven other people today and you just want me to say, oh, poor you, especially if you're doing the same thing that you're complaining your spouse does. Yeah. That was the scenario. You are complaining that your spouse does this thing, that you do the exact same thing, but you want a pity party because they do it. Not here for that. All right. So now that we've unpacked that, the next one that we're going to hit, the next red flag on the list is lack of trust. So um, trust is the foundation of healthy relationships. And in a toxic uh, toxic relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, a friendship or a family relationship, um, you know, we we through life, obviously, there are things that happen where trust does get shaken. Trust Trust can get eroded, um, you know, frequent betrayals, lies, doubts or, you know, just just um, one thing I find in, you know, in 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 relationships like marriages and things like that, you know, parenting is, you know, if someone's constantly saying, yeah, I've got you, yeah, I've got you, I'll do this, I'll do this. And it doesn't have to be like a he cheated on me trust sort of thing. It could just be I can't trust this person to be responsible with the kids. I can't trust this person to, you know, pick up the slack when I'm working those 14 hour days. And that is one thing that I really value about, you know, what I have with you and what I have with, you know, my husband and with my mom is there's a lot of trust there. And so when you don't have trust, that can obviously lead to a lot of problems. Where were you at? Who are you talking to? You know, we've we've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I... This I also always use my own personal life to to frame these podcasts. And there's a couple like people that were in my life 
for a long time, I'm talking for like 20, 30 years that I, I finally, and it was so hard, but I finally just had to like literally stop responding to them and stop answering their calls because I couldn't believe them anymore. They had lied so much and would tell me one story and then I find out they actually did this or said this or were like literally like coming to me about a family member and then going with that family member and then talking badly about me, which I make it a practice to never do. Like I would never go to somebody else and be like, Kylie's a hot mess. Her and Ryan are crazy. Their house is disgusting. Like I would never <laughs> in a million trillion kajillion years no, do that. No, y'all. She say Ever. that shit to my face. <laughs> I make it a policy that I will, words will not come out of my mouth about another human that I wouldn't say directly to that human. That is my policy. So, period. so what we're saying is one way to get around this is communication. Yeah. And so if there is a lack of trust, solve the problem by communicating with the person with the trust. Yeah. Don't be a jerk and lie all the time. There are some people that lie so much that I believe that they believe their own stories. And then they don't, they can't even differentiate like real life and what happened from the story that they've made up about this situation. It's crazy. And this kind of leads us into the next one, which is manipulation. So let's say we do have a lack of trust in a relationship and you want to correct that. So now we're going to try and have a conversation. And one thing that I've learned from my toxic relationships is you will know very quickly if the communication is going to be a two-way street based on how this person responds. So manipulation, um, you know, toxic individuals, they they use manipulation tactics to really control or influence the other person in the scenario. You know, and this can include, you know, emotional and emotional um, manipulation, mental, you know. So in my experience, it was, hey, person, um, I want to address this issue you know, um, that we're having. And an hour later, you know, I come into the conversation knowing that I'm not the, I'm not the problem, but I want to address the problem. And an hour later, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling at fault. And I'm the one saying sorry, because we just spent an hour talking. And now I'm just like, wait a minute, how is this my fault? So, you know, it's going to involve blame, pointing fingers, and it's mostly deflection is what I have personally found is, hey, I want to address this problem that I have with you. But instead of communicating about that, you want to just sit here and come right back at me, kind of like you were talking about, like, will you do this? Will you do this? Will you do this? That is not that's not going to go anywhere at all whatsoever. Oh, yeah. The guilt tripping. If you there, <laughs> I've had some some. uh some people in my lives, the, the guilt tripping is absolutely crazy. Well, if you loved me, you'd do this. Well, if you loved me, you wouldn't do this. Oh, are you joking me right now? If I loved you, I I wouldn't go to lunch with my colleague. Like, that's that's what our love is based on. That's super weird. Well, too, I mean, there's the other side of it is – you know, no one's going to love you like I love you. No oh, one's going to yeah. put up with your crap the way that I put up. No one's going to want you. Like, that's what I always heard, uh-huh. which 
you know, leads us into the next one, which is isolation. So when you're in a relationship and you're isolated, you know, in in friendship, I've noticed that there are some people who can only have one friend at a time. I'm not personally one of those people, (laughs) but I've noticed I've been able to pick those people out. So I know in my circle who can only handle me at a time and which one of my friends I can invite to a hillbilly yard party. right? Right. But when you're in that isolated situation, that person is trying to isolate you from other people. And that's when it's easier to manipulate you in the ways that we were just kind of talking about. Oh, yeah. Isolation is a big one. I had a family member and he got married to a woman and um, we used to see him all the time when I was a kid. I'm talking like every single he was at our basketball games. He took us out to eat like everything, 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 everything. He married this woman and I literally never see him anymore at all all whatsoever like I see him so little like there's times I forget that he even exists now he was a main crux of my life as a child and today like if somebody said oh he walked into the office I'd be like who because I literally the last the last time I seen him was when Nikki graduated now Nikki is now (laughs) grown married and moved to another state and I believe her graduation I I it had to have been over 10 years ago now that yeah. she graduated. So I haven't even seen him in over 10 years. And this is a close family member, like somebody I should see on the regular. And there's no reason why. It's he married this person and he allowed them to isolate him from the rest of his family. And that's unfortunate. It is. It's sad. It is. And so um, the next on the list is probably the most obvious, which is constant conflict. So all of these obviously tie in together. Um, When you are trying to communicate with someone about a problem and they are toxic, then what's going to happen is you guys are just constantly fighting. And one thing that I've learned from my toxic relationships is you're fighting about anything and everything. I once got I once got into a fight over leaving a dish rag in the sink. I'm not even and it was not just it was not just like a hey you need to quit doing this. It was a bring the house down, knock them out sort of fight over a dish rag in the sink. Mhm. It was crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been in a home of those. <laughs> so this <laughs> is so this is just um, you know, Every relationship's going to have conflict. Every single relationship. You cannot have a, if you, let me tell you, if you have a relationship with no conflict, like, please call me and tell me because I want to meet you because you're a freaking unicorn. But what it comes down to is your willingness to be humble, to admit your part in whatever is going on, and to openly communicate to honestly try and resolve it. This is in these toxic relationships, you're literally fighting and going round and round. There's there's no resolution. I think that's really what I'm trying to say. Right. There's zero resolution. And they usually they usually escalate very quickly yeah. and they turn into either emotional abuse, verbal abuse, or, or physical, physical abuse. abuse. So if you are in a relationship where the person on the other side of your relationship is calling you fat, calling you ugly, saying you're stupid, hitting you, pushing you, saying, "Well, if you leave me, I'm going to I'm going to get the kids. I'm going to share this with your family, your social media." That's black. That's a problem. <laughs> 
But there are tons and tons of people in these relationships. And what I don't like, what I thought of when you were telling that story, I hate how the media, and I don't like go off on, I do go off on the media a lot. But here's the thing. Movies like The Notebook, they try to normalize these toxic relationships where we scream and yell at each other and all freaking crazy, but it's because we love each other so much. That's garbage. You don't love each other more if you are screaming and yelling and leaving each other and being mentally, physically, or emotionally abusive. And again, one is not worse than the other or better than the other. Just because your ex beat you and now your current husband just calls you fat and says that you're lazy, that is not better. Those are both toxic relationships that you need to remove yourself from. Yeah. And not good. And it goes, you know, um, we, you know, it's not just like those romantic. I've had plenty of friends where, like you said, it's, um, you know, and here's one thing I'm trying to teach my daughter. She comes home from school. How was your day? Oh, so-and-so wasn't my friend today because this other person wanted to play with her. Like, and I'm trying to get her to understand that if you have a good friend and they are a good, solid, healthy friend, they're going to be your friend all the time. They're not going to tell you, I'm not friends with you because so-and-so is at school today or because so-and-so wants to play with me. And they might not always invite you to come play with them, but they're going to say, you know, obviously, and these kids are nine, so we have like no emotional maturity here. But as a grown-up, they're going to say, hey, you know, I'm hanging out with this person. And one thing that I've had to do is I've been a part, it was me and my two girlfriends. We were thick as thieves. We were super tight, like all the time. And then, you know, things happen, whatever. We start, you know, getting married and doing the things. And these two get into a fight and they literally never speak anymore. Not ever. Not ever. And it's hard for me being in the middle because they, you know, I'm like, what do I do? Like, who's getting invited to my wedding? Who's coming to my baby shower? You know, and it's it's not just romantic relationships. Like, friends can be assholes, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I will tell you, like, friends and family, because I, you mentioned baby shower, and it reminded me of my baby shower and um, the toxic family member that made my family member not be a part of my life anymore was like, if you invite these these people to your baby shower, I'm not coming. I'm like... I don't care. I am inviting everybody to my Everyone. baby shower and whoever shows up shows up because this is about me and supporting me. It's not about whatever problems you have in life with other people. Right. Not my problem. That's a you problem, not a me problem. 110%. And there was something else I was going to touch on, but I forgot. I'm sure it'll come back to me. <laughs> All right. All moving right. on. Unequal power dynamics. So a big red flag is, um, you know... A lot of relationships have can have imbalances in power and control. And I think that there can be actual imbalances in power and control. But sometimes it's just a perceived imbalance. Like, you know, if the husband makes all the money and pays all the bills, you know, we're not saying that is necessarily an imbalance. It is an imbalance if they're going to their wife and saying, you can't buy anything unless I approve it, period. And I'm only going to approve it if you've done X, Y, Z. That is an imbalance of power and control because they are exerting this over you and saying, I hold this power, I hold this control, and I'm only going to allow you to do something 
in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And we've already gone over a lot of this stuff. I mean, um, emotional, physical abuse, you know, these uh, these relationships are also like draining. Like you talked about before, like you go to someone's house and you leave and you feel awful because you just spent the last hour and a half listening to them with all this negativity. And I don't care what anybody says, stress and negativity will physically manifest it will physically manifest so um you shouldn't leave you shouldn't leave a meeting with someone feeling exhausted unless it was good exhaustion (laughs) (laughs) but that just reminded me of what I was going to say actually when you said the emotional or physical abuse and you were talking about your daughter right one other thing I want to add to this is if you have children Understand that everything that your children see you allow in your life, when they grow up, they're going to allow it in their life. I know. Period. Bottom line. End of story. So if you are a parent and you think that you're staying in this house for the kids and that house is not good, you are lying to yourself and you are doing a disservice to your kids. Because as a child who grew up in a chaotic environment, I didn't know that there was an alternative to that. So like when me and Dave got together. And everything was copacetic. You were just waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> I, would, I would start screaming about something and being all crazy. And he literally looked at me like this is like in the first, you know, months of our relationship. And he's like, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? This is how it works. I get mad and I yell and scream and we argue and fight and dishes are thrown and everybody hates each other. And then we love each other again tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, no, no, I'm just Hard not, pass on that. not going to do it. And now today, you know, we've been married 11 years this year together, like 13 or 14. I don't know, some years other than that. And when you said nobody argues, like I often say that, like we don't argue, like do we disagree on things? Yes. Do we have, you know, conflicting conversations sometimes? Yes. But it would be maybe a once a year thing if like I'm yelling about something and it's probably again a me problem because I have an aid or I'm stressed out or, <laughs> or like a combination of all of the things. But it is, I-, I can remember maybe a handful of times in all of those years where we're both actually like screaming at each other. Like that's just not, a, it's not a thing. But I didn't know that for all these relationships before it. Like how many relationships did I blow up just because I didn't know Any better. there was an alternative? So so I want people to really, really hear that. What you, what you allow and what you negotiate, your children are learning from, whether it's your significant other. Like you said, this could be anybody. How, how you allow your friends to treat you, how you allow your parents to treat you, how you allow your grandparents to treat and you. And how you treat other people. Yeah, how- dads, how you treat your daughters. That's how they're going to allow their spouses to treat them. So if you scream at your daughter and you tell her she's a pile of crap and you don't take care of her, when she goes to get married, she's going to think, this is how men treat me and I'm cool with that. Yeah. So think about that, guys. Really let that resonate with you because it's a thing. All right. So here's a good place to pause. We're going to hear a word from our sponsors, but you're going to want to sit tight because when we come back, we're going to break down how you can break these barriers and deal with these toxic people. Do you know more than 80% of real estate agents fail and quit in their first year of business? MyStarsAcademy.com has set out to solve this problem by providing a convenient, expert-based training and coaching program for both agents and brokers. 
The Agent Accelerator program teaches agents everything they need to know to level up their business, have a constant flow of free leads, convert those leads into clients, and take those clients to the closing table and keep them coming back for more as repeat business. Our industry experts have years of proven success in the business and are here to share that gold through one-on-one -on -one coaching. This will help you achieve more structure and work-life balance. We will map you a plan you can follow, which will guide you through the steps to scale and grow in both your business and personal life. Don't be a statistic. Visit MyStarsAcademy.com and enroll today so you can get the success you deserve. All right, y'all, welcome back. Thank you so much for sitting tight. If you missed part one of this part one, um, you're going to want to go back and listen where we break down all of the red flags that you're going to see in a toxic relationship, whether it's your lover, your husband, your wife, your friend, your family member. And this is super important because like we said before, sometimes you just can't see the forest for the trees. Um, or maybe like Trisha said, you've got a gut feeling, but you're not sure Go back, listen to all those red flags, but right now sit tight and take some notes because we are going to break down some ways that you can handle these situations and either resolve it and repair the relationship or cut cut, cut them loose. Cut them loose. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, again, sometimes it's just you don't want you don't want to see this. You don't you don't want to admit to yourself and to others that like I have to take these steps forward. And sometimes it takes a long time, but even if it takes a long time, you have to start taking these steps. So we're going to give you some steps. And the first one I want you to do, and what's most important, and you can literally, as soon as you stop listening to this podcast, grab a pen and a piece of paper and do some self-assessment. I want you to reflect on how the relationship is affecting your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, your physical health. Is this person in a healthy relationship, you know, people support each other. They encourage each other. Is this person and supporting and encouraging your personal growth, your development, your goals, your passions, your interests? They don't have to have the same goals, passions, and interests or want even the same things for their life that you want for yours, right? Like I run marathons. Dave doesn't ever want to run a marathon. He grabs a bike and rides a bike and meets me with snacks, you know? Like, is this person, and they don't have to be that extreme, but how are they? How are they affected? Are they affecting it positively? Are they completely neutral? Are they or cheering is it you on? Like, when you share your wins, are they are they salty about it? Are they having some feelings about it? Or are they saying, man, I love that for you. Like when Ryan and I come together at the end of the day, like I said, his his business is taking off. My business is taking off. So at the end of the day, I'm like, how was your day? He's like, oh, we crushed it. We did a lot of hard work today. We cleared out this house. We did this for this client. How was your day? Awesome. And we support each other and make sure that no matter what happens at the end of the day, Everybody's taking care of everybody feels good about what they got done. And sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't get done as much as I got done, but you know, or as much as I wanted to, but this happened. I had to take care of the like today, <laughs> the baby woke up and threw up. So <laughs> we're recording. And so he's like, All right, well, I'll, you know, I'll hold the bag while you're doing that. And then you hold the bag. Like it's a supportive, cohesive, not always you know, not always it's not perfect. It's not perfect, perfect, but it is healthy and yeah. positive and moving forward. Yeah. And a very easy litmus test is think about the last 10 interactions you had with that person out of 10 interactions. How many did you leave 
feeling great? And how many did you leave oh, that's feeling good not good? Yeah. And why did you feel not good? Did you feel Write not that down? Yeah. Did you feel not good because you didn't like what the way that they handled it? Was it a you thing? Are you cycling hormonally? <laughs> like, really right. dig in and don't be afraid to say, yeah, this is a me problem. This is something that I need to fix inside of me rather than projecting it on someone else. Or is it crap, they're terrible for me. Yeah. If if every time you walk into this person's house or get around this person, they're salty about your success. They make you feel bad about winning. They, you know, oh, must be nice. Oh, you think you're bad. Like, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's yeah. somebody you need to get away from. If they are not encouraging you and being a cheerleader for you, you don't have time for that. And in the exact opposite, if they're hurting you, like, that's it. That's, that's a zero, like, Zero. Zero tolerance policy, guys. Zero. And, and that brings us to our next one, which is setting boundaries. This is so hard for me. This is so, so hard for me. Um, I am not I'm terrible at setting boundaries. I'm horrible at this. And um it's important be and it doesn't have to be like these big, big things. It could just you just could look at the person like Trisha said and I don't participate in this kind of conversation. I just don't or like Ryan and I with our family, we just don't invite them over. We just don't hang out with them. Um, and setting boundaries is super important, but it, it, you have to communicate that to the other person. So if you're, you know, if you're in a friendship and that person is coming to you like and they're constantly gossiping and you look at them and you say, listen, like, I'm sorry you're feeling this way. I, I'm not going to sit and talk about, uh, you know, uh, Sharonda all, anymore. Like, yeah. And you can even like tell them like, hey. Like, if I always interact with Kylie and she's always negative with me, I could go, listen, Dave, next time I interact with Kylie, I'm going to tell her that me and you are on a gossip-free fest. So <laughs> I'm going to go and tell her that from now on, every time she comes around me, I need her to not gossip. Like, you can even make it a you thing, right? Like, for, for me, I'm on this pact with Dave that I no longer gossip. So I need you to not gossip around me anymore. If you want to do that with other people, that's cool. Um, but like you said... You have to communicate your boundaries and your expectations. You can't just assume, like, when we moved closer to all of our family, right? <laughs> I can't just assume that they know, that they know that don't drop by my house unexpected or unannounced. I can't assume that they know that because especially in older generation, they were brought up that when you want to go visit your aunt, you just go to your aunt's house, knock on the door and come on in. Or when you want to visit your daughter, you just go to her house, knock on the door and come on in. That is not an out of the ordinary expectation, especially for the older generation to just come on over and come on in when they want to visit or help or drop something off or support you. It is up to you to say, hey, listen, I love you. I want you to visit all the time, but I need you to give me a heads up just so I am ready and I am home and I save you the drive if I'm not there. I'm sometimes not there or I need to be mentally ready or you know that I juggle a lot of balls or I want to make sure that I'm awake or yeah, alive or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is. Just communicate that for yeah. sure. Um, I like the next one, which is seek support. That's definitely important. Especially if you are in a real in a relationship that is abusive, um, there's plenty of community. Uh, there's com there's community support. There's numbers you can call. There's places you can go. Um, there's people you can talk to. But even if it's not that um, severe, you know, if it's not on that level, you know, maybe you just need 
to have a friend to talk to or maybe a counselor, you know, to ask questions like, how do I navigate this? What kind of a conversation? Because me, I'm the type of person where I'll have the conversation in my head 45 times before I actually talk to the person. And um, I'm expecting it to go completely balls to the wall, like explosion. Most often it doesn't. Um, but seek support, seek an ear, seek a shoulder, seek some kind of guidance or shelter or safety. Um, that's the, that's, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. A great example of this is, um, and I use this example on my coaching call when I cut out a very close family member, it was really, 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 really hard. And he used to call me and leave these voicemail messages that were just so angry and awful and like calling me names and I'm the most terrible person and I think I'm better than everybody and I'm awful and I'm terrible because he drank. So he would get super wasted and leave this like plethora of voicemails. However, he was still my family member and I wanted to make sure that he was safe and that my other family member that was in the house was safe. So I asked Dave like during this period where I am shutting down all this communication, I mentally and emotionally can no longer do this. Will you listen to these voicemails? So every time I would wake up in the morning and there'd be 10 voicemails on my voicemail, I would give my phone to Dave. He would listen to all the messages. He'd be like, you're good. Listen to the messages. You're good. Listen to the messages. You're good. Because what I didn't want to happen is something bad actually happened. And then I felt bad because I cut that person out of my life. But at the same point, I couldn't keep listening to those messages. Yeah. It, it hurt me so bad. And I understood like alcoholism is a disease and people don't have control over that. And that took me a long time to understand. And I think that when you can understand that and you can call a partner or a friend or whoever to say, hey, I need you to listen to these messages and just let me know everything's okay. Or I need you to check these emails because they always email me. Or I need you to check my Facebook messages or whatever it is. So you know that they're okay and you can still keep your boundaries set and your mental and emotional space safe. Yeah. Yeah. We have those in place too. It's important to have someone who can, especially if you are cutting off someone who's super toxic, um, you got to have that support system in place. So um, the next one is kind of interesting, which is gradual distancing. Yeah. So I utilize this with that person. Um, so like just gr because it's hard to just straight cut someone off. Right. Like one day you're interacting with them every single day and you're listening to those voicemails and you're responding and getting angry. And this is happening all day, every day. And then you just shut it down. That may be hard for someone to just totally shut it down. And they might not have anybody else. There's lots of people in this world who have nobody else to help them through this. Yeah. So if you are just a person who doesn't have friends and family and you're, you're just working with a therapist who's helping you with this, you can gradually reduce contact. And what that looks like for me is, okay, at first, I don't answer my phone past 10 p.m. Don't answer my phone past 8 p.m. Don't answer my phone past 6 p.m. Okay, I don't answer this phone, my phone for this person at all. Okay, not only do I not answer, but I'm not listening to these voicemails anymore. Okay, I'm not answering, I'm not listening. And I actually proactively wrote an, an email to this person and said, here is what is going on. You make me feel like this. What you are doing is affecting me in this way. And here is what I am going to do. 
if you want to mend this relationship, I am here for it. However, my terms of re-engaging with you are going to be X, Y, and Z. And they are non-negotiable. And they are non-negotiable. Should you decide to undertake those terms, please email me and, sh- and, and reach out and let me know what's going on. And then from there on out, like... You can see the ball is in their court because what I want you to remember is, especially when it's an abusive relationship, mentally, emotionally, physically, this is not your fault. There's nothing wrong with you. And when you cut that communication, again, there is nothing wrong with you. You are not doing something wrong. So you put that ball in their court. It's their job to fix their problems. It is not your job to fix their anger their addiction, whatever the case, their childhood trauma, their mommy and daddy issues, whatever it is, that is not your job to fix another broken person. And this is hard for me because I always say like, I have the savior mentality. I want to save everybody. (laughs) And the only person that gets hurt in the end is me. It's me who gets hurt. And when I suffer, my kids suffer, my family suffers, my dog suffers, like everybody around me suffers because I'm trying to fix this person who's not fixing themselves. You can't fix another human. All you can do is focus on yourself and your well-being. And when they are ready, no sooner than when they are ready, they will seek and get the help that they need. Absolutely. Okay. So Last couple ones, um, seek closure. We kind of already talked about that. Make sure that you're communicating your expectations, your boundaries, your feelings, your perspective. Because like Trisha said, maybe maybe your perspective is maybe that person didn't realize or yeah. or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And you say, uh, hey, this is a big deal to me when you when you come to me and you gossip or you're constantly, you know, negative. They might not think it's a big deal because like Trisha said, maybe that's the only way they know how to communicate, yeah. especially if they're in a relationship where it's just like an echo chamber. Right. Um, I really love the last one that you put on the list. Make plans around the holidays. So this is when things get tough, especially if you have 4,962 family members like we do, where you got to be over here at noon and then you got to go over here at three and then you got to go over here at six. Like it can be really tough. And then that can also create a lot of problems too, because if you say, okay, well this year we're only going to one person's house when everybody else is butthurt and blah, 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 blah. So making plans around the holidays to make sure that your family's not stressed out, um, you are not spending time with toxic people. It is okay to say, you know what, aunt so-and-so, um, I understand that you're hosting the family party. Um, you know, I understand these family members are going to be there. I want you to know that like, just for me and my family, we'll come celebrate with you on another day, but we're not trying to be around those people because they do this and I'm not down with that, you know, and it's not, that's not talking crap about someone that is just literally explaining to someone else what's going on. And that's Fine. Yeah, absolutely. I want everybody to remember, you are not a taco. You cannot make everybody happy. Nor is it your job. (laughs) It is not your job to make others happy. So like, I will tell you here, me, okay? I don't care how other people feel about this. On the week of Thanksgiving, including Thanksgiving holiday, me and Dave are going on a cruise. Just me and him are going on a cruise. Never been on a cruise. I don't really care about Thanksgiving dinner. Trent's in Red Lake. Angelina gets to go hang out with her grandma and that family. And I have no, I am unapologetically leaving and going on a freaking cruise. Bye. Bye. <laughs> don't care. Sorry. If you don't like that, that's on you. I am 42 years old. You had 41 other Thanksgivings that you could have asked me to interact with you and we had dinner <laughs> together and blah, 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 blah. If you are butthurt about it, that's your problem. 
if you are mad about it, that's your problem. If you want to talk badly about me, still your problem. You should probably think about other things that are important in your life than what I'm doing on my Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Ryan and I talked one year about um, having Christmas up at, at the cabin. Yeah. And I would love to do that. And my dad and my mom, because we are con- like, I'm still literally attached to my mother by the cord. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, Ryan's parents, too, you know, they're literally in the same neighborhood. And I remember my mom going, yeah, that's not happening. And my dad goes, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Gwen. He goes, Ryan and Kylie can have Christmas at the cabin if they want to, but the kids are staying with us. (laughs) Well, and here's one thing. Like, that's cute and that's funny and I love it. I love that for them and you. But I want everybody to remember that your holiday is your holiday and you get to do your holiday however you want. And I'm glad you mentioned Christmas because for me, when me and Dave first got together, (laughs) I had so much trauma around holidays. Like Christmas for me, I had grown into a person that hated Christmas. And I hated it. It's birthday. I know. That wasn't the focus in our household. It was stressful. It was chaotic. It was look at all the money that we spent on you that we didn't have. So you felt bad about the presents you got. Everybody drank and got angry. Everybody always ended up in a fight. It was always stressful. Like you said, it was always going to 16 houses. And even when we had kids, it was stressful. It was going to this house and this house and this house and this house and this house. Our kids couldn't even open their presents and enjoy Christmas morning. And finally, one year, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And Dave's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. By the time we leave everybody's house on Christmas Eve, our kids are exhausted. The next morning, they are angry. They don't get to open their presents because we have to go to somebody else's house. By the time they open their presents, they are so exhausted and so whiny. They can't even enjoy them. None of us actually enjoyed this holiday. So now, Christmas, I say, on Christmas Eve, we will be home by 10 p.m. We will put on our Christmas jammies and on Christmas morning, we'll wake up and our kids will open their presents. And if anybody wants to come over, we're probably going to order Chinese food at some point during the day. And that is our Christmas. Everybody is welcome to join. You can come whenever you want. You can dress that listeners, you Come want. on over to Trisha's house. Bring some Chinese food. Yeah, we're chilling, dude. I don't need to make a giant meal. I don't need everybody to be stressed out. Guess what? We are going to enjoy this holiday in a non-stressful fun, good way. We're going to go to church. We're going to enjoy Jesus's birthday. We're going to enjoy our time together because that's what matters. That's what matters. All right. So real quick, we are going to run down some things that you can do as well to make sure that you are keeping yourself together. Trisha, go number one. Self-care. Self-care. Prioritize self-care. Activities that nourish your mind, your body, and your soul. That's different for everybody. It I, is. And I, the, the healing process is is challenging, but there are strategies to be able to recover and rebuild. Yeah. And self-care is a definite one. No matter no matter what's going on in your life, self-care is important. Yeah. And so this, is, this was another one that I was like, that's a bunch of hooey, like self-care. What is that? Like you take care of yourself all the time every day. But I, Andy got me journaling. Mm-hmm. So delicious. Right. So good. I when I'm stressed out or I'm freaking out, a lot of times I use my journal as kind of like a prayer journal. Mm-hmm. I talk to God in yeah. my journal and it really helps me just kind of like get everything out. Yeah. And it has been so therapeutic. It has strengthened my spirituality. It has helped my prayer life. 
which makes me a better person for my kids and my family. Self self care is important. It is every important. once in a while. Soak your feet, girl. Cut your nails. Paint your toes. I got a massage yesterday. I had the worst day ever yesterday, and I had a massage scheduled, which I get them so seldom. The lady's always like, "I haven't seen you in forever. Why don't you come?" And I'm like, "I know I need to because I'm an athlete, so I need I need massages to keep my body from falling apart." <laughs> um, but I needed it that day because. It, I was so stressed out. We're and so done. Awful. She was spent. Yeah, I wanted to burn it all down. And I got to just lay there for one hour. And the hour went by so fast. But I got to like really like. You're like, how much for another hour? For real. I had to let my mind chill and my body chill. And then I went directly to the gym because I had so much craziness to get out. And the gym is self-care. Massage is self-care. Journaling is self-care. Meditation is self-care. There are a lot of different versions of self-care. But you need to be intentional about it all the time. And let's go to the next one, which is surround yourself with positivity cultivate relationships with people who lift you up and support you me and Kylie always leave podcast day pumped because we are always so positive with each other all day long so all we get is positive happy smiling laughing fun yeah I love it I I love I have a love-hate relationship with podcast day because I have to get up a little extra early to you know put all this together (laughs) but like and then I feel bad like on days like today where I'm texting I'm like so I said I was gonna be here at 8 30 just kidding it's nine the baby threw up everywhere and Trish is like no problem babe like you never harass me like you and and it's um if you don't have someone positive in your life like Please listen to a sermon on YouTube or something. <laughs> get some positivity in your Also, ears. also get professional help. Um, yeah. When I was coming out of a really scary relationship, I had never gone to a counselor. I never talked to a therapist. And um, uh, someone very important in my life made it a non-negotiable. They were like, you are either going to go and talk to this person and get some help with coping. I needed coping strategies because no one in my immediate you know, situation ha- was had ever dealt with what I had just come out of. And so they didn't know how to help me heal those scars or start dealing with and and facing the things that, that I was dealing with. And so I went to a counselor for about six or seven months, give or take. Um, it started out as like every other week and then we went to once a month and she really helped me get perspective because when you're going, when you're coming out of something, everything is so big and so, so dramatic and so intense and so severe that sometimes you need that like like uninterested third party to tell you, okay, well, when this happens, like, here's what's actually happening. And they give you that that perspective shift. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. And just for those of you who are like, oh, therapy, I don't have insurance. I don't have this. I don't want to go. I don't want to talk to somebody. There is um, you can Google better help. I think it's called better help. Might be better health. But anyways, it's online therapy. And you can just write back and forth with a licensed therapist or you can Zoom with a licensed therapist. And it's somebody to help you where you don't need insurance. It's super, super affordable. You can do it in your car. You can do it from home, camera on, camera off, or just via messaging. So it doesn't have to be like this scary in lay on a couch. lay on a couch, blah, blah, blah. But you do need someone to, like like Kylie said, an un, an, an un, somebody who has no skin in the game that can give you some resources to to help. Um, and the next one is set new goals. Set some new goals. If you've never set goals before, start super simple. Focus on your personal growth, setting new positive goals for your new positive future. Absolutely. And then forgiveness. That is a huge part of healing and coming out of these things because 
I mean, Trisha and I have both been in relationships, you know, romantic relationships, family relationships where, you know, we just had to accept and say, you know what? That person decided not to change. I forgive them for everything, you know, whether they forgive you or not for your part in it. Um, But you have to just forgive people and just move on. Now, a lot of people think that and and one thing that I've had thrown in my face when I've cut someone off is you're a Christian. Is this what G this is not the Christian way? It is okay to forgive people. There's a difference between forgiveness and continuing to allow some crap to go on. I have forgiven a good handful of people that I have literally never spoken to again, and I never will speak to again, um, and I will never see again if I if I have my way about it, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I whether they I've never said to them specifically I forgive you, mm-hmm. you know, but I have said okay we've forgiven them. There's it's all done and over with. There's nothing we can do about it now. We've set our peace. We've drawn our boundaries. We've cut them off. And we've taken all the precautions and the steps to make sure that we are in a safe and healthy space. Forgiveness given. All done. Moving on. Yeah. And a good lit- litmus test for that because forgiveness is very hard for me with some people. Some people I'm very easy to forgive. But there's been a couple people in my life that when I think about them, I am enraged if you are enraged that means you have not forgiven them yet so and like Kylie said you can let it go and be like you know what that person has to answer to their higher power at the end of the day I need to stop this anger that is brewing inside of me and that doesn't mean you have to let them back in their your life forever see him again like Kylie said just you have if you are instantly enraged journal about that and see like what do you what do you still need to process through to be able to move from that step forward to where when you hear that person's name you're not like I need to stab or burn something down yeah absolutely so to wrap this up we just wanted to share this with you I feel like this is a really big topic right now and it's it's Always. I mean, and it's not easy to deal with. And so especially as we're transitioning into the new season, we're coming into the holiday season, you're going to be interacting with people, like Trisha said, that maybe you only see once a year. Um, So we just wanted to let you know that you're not alone. You deserve to be healthy. You deserve to have good, positive, supportive relationships. You deserve that. I'm looking at you. You right here. You deserve. I mean, I don't like saying you deserve to be happy because happiness is circumstantial. You deserve to live a life of joy and you deserve to, um, you know, just be who you are and be loved and enjoy all of that. Because let me tell you, life is too short to stay in a place of sadness, misery, anger, fear, scared. Um, You are not a tree. If you don't like where you are, then move. Yes. That's my favorite quote. So the last thing I want to give you guys for an action step is right now we're wrapping up. We're about to be done. I want you to grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, write a list or a list of people to support you. And this decision, steps you can take to make this change, the date you will start 
And then start taking action so you can watch your life change in all the right ways. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really hope this touched you. If you know someone going through something or dealing with someone, please share the show. Send them the link. Let them know that they are not alone and that you see them and that you support them. Maybe you're the support person that someone else is putting on their list. Do not discount that position, okay? Um, To everybody, thank you for joining us. Hit that share. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe and come back next week for part part two part Part two. two bye we thank you so much for joining us today on the elite live with trish and kylie be sure to share the episode with a friend so we can continue bringing you more great tips on grit grace and real estate you can also connect with us on instagram facebook we hope the ideas we share continue to help you build an empire and leave a legacy